2020 was a challenging year, uh, to say the least, and I'm putting it mildly, um, in so many ways, um, just health-wise, economically, um, as far as uh, relationally uh, with others, uh, we have struggled and we have seen a lot of heartache and a lot of difficulties and a lot of things go on uh, that we would rather have not gone through. But that was, that was 2020. Now we look at 2021 and we're thinking that well maybe 2021 will be better and we're hoping that it will be better. Um, but no one knows really for sure. We can hope that and we can trust that, that it will be. But no one knows that for sure. But ultimately, um, we do have a promise that one day we will be with Him and that we will reign with Him when there will be no more joy, there will be no more crying, there will be no more tears, there will be no more pain. And that we have, and that's a promise that we can be certain of. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning here as we look at uh, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. We're going to be looking at the, the promise that God has for us in those future days be there with him um, and dwell with him and he will dwell with us for all eternity. This morning I wanted to, um, normally we would be uh, going through the book of Daniel, um, but God has directed me to um, share a message that I believe that he wants us to set off for the new year. Um, it's something that we uh, so desperately need to hear um, as his people um, from his word that wants to bring encouragement and hope um, to those who know and love him. Um, we're going to be looking at the book of Revelation this morning. We're look, looking at verses, chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Revelation 21, 1 through 8. Um, read along with me as I... As I read, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain, the first things have passed away, and he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new, and he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true, and he said to me, It is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give to the one who thirst in the spring of the water of life without cost. And you overcome to inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. For, but for the cowardly and the unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral, per, immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake of, that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Um, we're going to be looking at three specific points here. Number one, God himself will be among them. Number two, these words are faithful and true. And thirdly, it is done. 
our first point. God himself will be among them. As I saw in verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any city. And so this idea here, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now remember, John is, this is a, a revelation that God had shown him. That he saw that we're in days to come. That we had talked when we I had preached on Revelation before, but these are things that will happen. It's not a matter of if they'll happen, it's a matter of when they will happen. And so we have that promise and that certainty that God's word does not come back void. God's word is true and it's faithful. And so what John is saying here is, is that these are things that are going to happen. And it's just a matter of God's timing and a matter of God's um, uh, place uh, in time where this will happen. And we need to be able to um, we need to be able to embrace that and be sure of that because if we can't embrace the truth of what God says, then we don't surely do not have any hope. But we can embrace God's word. Because it is true and it is faithful, as he is. But let's go on here. And it says here, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So the idea here of new means as a pulp, and if you look at opposite, what's the opposite of new? It's the old. In other words, the things that were former, the things that were prior, the things that were happening before the new thing came. So we live in the old earth right now, don't we? Um, heaven is the, uh, it exists in its form the way it is now. Um, and that, from this perspective, is the old heaven, and this is the old earth. And what is in this earth even right now? As we had talked about, there's been a lot of heartache, there's been a lot of struggle, there's a lot of pain, there's been a lot of suffering, a lot of difficulties that have happened. And, and especially in recent days. And it feels like it, it's just sometimes it's overwhelming. It, it's, sometimes it's, it's too difficult to handle. But God, who's ultimately in control? He is. So in this world right now, we have, we have heartache and we have struggles and we have things that we're going through. But one day, what's going to happen? What are we going to see? We're going to see a, a new what? a new heaven, and a new earth. And that's the hope, and that's the promise that we have. Because it says here, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. So this earth and the, and the heaven will, be pass, will pass away at one point. So all this will be gone. All this will pass away. All the earth and the, all that we see is it will pass away in all the corruption and all the decay and all <coughs> the sin that sin has caused in this earth will pass away. Heaven itself will pass away. Not that heaven has been corrupted by anything. It hasn't. But God chooses to create a new heaven. He chooses to create a new earth. So this earth will no longer be. So all that you see will no longer exist. And that's God's promise. All the things that go along with what's here in this world, 
will no longer be here. Now picture this and think about this. There's a lot of beautiful things in this world, isn't there? In this earth, on this earth. A lot of natural beauty. Um, I am, um, I get on my screensaver, I get, um, I get, I get Bing uh, pictures of natural nature and, and, and different scenes throughout the world. And there's a lot of natural beauty out there in this earth. And it's gorgeous, whether it's mountains or whether it's lakes or whether it's flowers or whether it's birds or animals or whether it's the sea. A lot of natural, natural beauty in what God's created in this earth. But that will be gone because God's going to create something even better. So let's go on here. And there is no longer any sea, so in the new heaven and the new earth there won't be any sea. There won't be any um, uh, sea in that. There'll be uh, it'll be all land where we're going, where the new heaven and new earth is going to be. And that's for a reason. I'm not I'm not going to get into that even at this point. But God has uh, so chosen not to have a sea in the new in the new earth. So let's go on. It says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? And so, um, what, is, what do we look at in, in Jerusalem? Where was David born? David was born in Bethlehem. Where was Bethlehem? Bethlehem was near where? Jerusalem. And what did David make Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the city that he chose um, as the capital, as the center of uh, God's people um, in Jerusalem, um, in, in, in Palestine, and Israel. As the center of where uh, he would be. Where was the temple? The temple was where? In Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was the holy city. It means, it means uh, peace. City of peace. Settling. Jerusalem is the city of peace. And that's where God will be and that's where God dwells. Um, so um, it's a new Jerusalem. So the old Jerusalem with the old earth is going to pass away. And all that's associated with that. And all that in the past thousands of years that Jerusalem has been through and Jerusalem is seen, that's all going to be gone along with this earth. And there's going to be a new Jerusalem. And it's going to be, and it's going to be a, a one that we can't even imagine. One that we can't even fathom in beauty and majesty and grace. But a place where God's holy dwelling place will be. Because Jerusalem, even the Jerusalem here on earth, has seen a lot of wars, hasn't it? It's seen a lot of divisions, hasn't it? It has. Um, the temple has been the temple was built and destroyed three different times in Jerusalem. And so we see here that God is trying to um, take that which is old, take that which is uh, in decay, see that take that which is going that's going to pass away, and he's going to bring in something new, and he's going to bring something eternal. And that's what we're looking forward to. That's what we're looking, that's the whole idea here, is that God wants us to be able to look at the temple that we're here right now. We're in the temple right now, aren't we in the earth? Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem, is temporal. It's going to be destroyed, won't it? But what God wants to bring in, when he brings in the new, he wants to bring in something that is eternal, something that will not end. So God will bring that which 
keep going to do. And the beauty and the majesty and the grandeur of all that will be something that can't even, I think even words can even describe. Uh, or we'll try to describe it, to try to even imagine it. And then it comes out, um, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. In other words, who is the bride in scripture? The bride is God's people, his church. Those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have called him Savior and Lord, those who have looked forward to his coming and his return, that is his bride. The, as the bride is prepared for her groom, the groom is coming. And who is, that, who is the groom? Of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he comes, the bride is getting prepared. The bride is ready. And so God is coming down, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. So as a bride prepares for, to meet her husband on her wedding day, so God is, is, um, so God is prepared um, the city to come down as a bride compares, comes, prepares for her husband. So God prepared Jerusalem for us. The new city, the new dwelling place for his people. And so, and it's just a promise, and I think that we need to remember in our hearts. When God is preparing something new, and when God is doing something new, God is preparing things uh, he does things for what? His, for whom? His people. His bride. And so why is God preparing this? He's preparing this new Jerusalem for who? For us, his bride. And, to, and what a beauty and grandeur and might. Giving her the very best that he can. And that's how God wants us to understand him. That God, for us as his people, and we need to be cognizant of this and need to be aware of this is that God wants to give his very best to us as his people. We need to receive that. God's not capricious. God's not meaning that he, he's going to give you uh, stuff on a whim. He's going to give you that which is the, his best for us as his people. And we need to trust Him with that. Have we seen difficulty in our lives? Have we seen challenges in our lives? Absolutely. But know ultimately in the end that what does the scripture say? All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to a purpose. God gives us the very best for that, for who we are as His people. And we need to remember that and receive that in our hearts. And that, and it follows through because this is, this is towards, this is the end. This is all actually it's the new beginning. But we have to trust Him as God is giving His very best for His pride. So we, as His people, need to understand that God is giving us His very best even now. Even in the midst of the trials, even in the midst of the difficulties, even in the midst of the struggles, even in the midst of the pain and the heartache, God gives us His very best because God will, will do nothing less than giving us His best. Amen? And that's what He does here. But this is something that we can look forward to. 
even in the midst of the struggles even right now. He's gonna, he, there's a promise there that He's going to do this for us. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God. What does the tabernacle mean? The tabernacle means the, the, the holy dwelling place of God. The tabernacle of God is among who? He will dwell, and He will dwell among them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself will be among them. And this is so critically important um, to receive this. And I heard a voice from the throne. What's the throne? The throne is where God sits, where God dwells, isn't it? And God, I mean, you're, normally when we think about God, we think about Him, of where, where He exists. And where does He exist? He exists in heaven. We think about that, don't we? And then we look at that and we say, well, that, that's where God is, so um, He's up there, we're down here. But in technical sense, God is always with us. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So technically God is really with us. Um, but um, in a sense where God sits on his throne, where he rules and he reigns, we think of him as in heaven. But here, what happens is, is I heard the loud voice, the tabernacle of God is going to be where? Is among whom? Men. In other words, men not meaning men in the in the, in the, like I'm a man, but in the generic sense for men and women. His tabernacle is going to be where he dwells, is going to be among people, among his people. That's where he's going to dwell. God's going to be with us. God will be with us. And it says, and he will dwell among them, he will live among them, he will have his place among them. And this is so important. It's going to be God with us. You know how like Jesus was walked among us, his name means Emmanuel, means God with us. And we, 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 we looked at that uh, during Christmas. While this is going to be, and Jesus ascended back into heaven, while this is going to be God uh, once again dwelling with his people as his people are dwelling in a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And so God will be with us. And, there, and this is so, 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 so important that we, we remember that. That God will be with us. He's with us now, but He will actually, he will actually dwell um, in that physical, so to speak, presence in the new Jerusalem, in the new city. Where He will be and He will dwell with us forever and ever and ever. Could you imagine... Could you imagine just being in a place where God is? Being in that place where He's there. You live in a city. You live in a, a dwelling. You live in a place. And knowing that the God of the universe, the God, the creator, sustainer of the universe, the God who created this new heaven and this new earth is right there. One whom you can go to. One whom you can speak with. One you can have a relationship with. And be there. What a wonderful thing. It says, um, And they shall be his people, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. 
they shall be his people. He will be their God, and they will be his people. We are his. We are bought, we are bought with a price. The price was that? The price of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his people. We are his precious possession. We are his, and he is with us. And he dwells among us. He's right there with us. And the enemy's not going to be there to try and deceive us. The enemy's not going to be there to try and hurt us. The enemy's not going to be there to try and uh, distract us or tempt us or to hurt us in any way, shape, or form. Because who's there? God is there. Who dwells, who, who protects us here? God does. Well, one day we're going to actually, we're going to be right where he is, right in his dwelling place. And God will be right there. And so let us think about that for a moment. God being right there, that we're his people, the bride, the special people, and he's going to be right there in our presence with us. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful thing. And we can take that to the back. That's something we have looked forward to. And verses uh, 4 and 5, it says, These words are faithful and true. And you will wipe away every tear from their eyes. How many of us have cried a lot of tears, especially this year? I have. I'm sure we all have. There's been a lot of hurt, a lot of struggles, hasn't there? And we have. But we go home to be with him. And we go and be in a, new, in a dwelling place in New Jerusalem, in the New Heaven and the New Earth. We won't be anymore. This right here, we'll have every tear. No more suffering, no more sorrow. No more heartache, no difficulty, no more of it, no more of it. Oh and we have that promise for us to look forward to. He's with us now, and will walk with us now through our struggles and our difficulties and the things that we go through now. But one day, all the struggles and all the sorrows will be gone. And the tears will be gone. Because He'll be among us. He'll be with us. His dwelling place will be with us. And there will be no longer any death. In other words, what is the wages of sin? The wages of sin is what? So there's not going to be any death. Death will no longer exist. 
and will dwell and live with him for all eternity. Death will have no end. Death, we're all death to your victory. We're all death to your state. Death no longer be here. The sin that caused death, that brought about death, will no longer be. Because we'll be living with him for all eternity. So we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear the suffering that comes with death sometimes. But we can have the, 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 the peace of knowing that we're going to dwell with him and be with him and exist with him for all eternity. No longer be any mourning or crying or pain. How many of us have done a lot of mourning this year? Or recently or the past whenever? I've lost my parents over the last 15, 8, 20 years or so. I miss them. But there was mourning there for them. Lost a sister. There's mourning there. I've lost loved ones, I've lost uh, friends. There's mourning there, isn't there? There's loss there. And a lot of us have had a lot of loss. And those of us who are out, um, especially during Corona, where a lot of us have experienced loss, and loss of loved ones, and we mourn their loss, and we mourn of them being gone. Others have been lost through sickness or through accidents or through other circumstances. And we mourn their loss. When we go into heaven, there's going to be no more mourning. Why? Because death is gone. There's not going to be any death there. There's not going to be any pain there. Not going to be any pain there. Not going to be there, folks. No more mourning. No more mourning. No more mourning. Crying or pain. It's going to be God. 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 Crying's not. The pain's going to be gone. The hurt that's going to be gone. And be God. We've been through a lot of, we've had a lot of hurt in our lives, haven't we? We've had a lot of pain in our lives, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, we've had a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. That's all going to be gone, folks. It's all going to be gone. It says, Behold, all things pass away. Behold, let all things be become new. So can you imagine that in your mind and your heart? And try and imagine that. Where none of those things will exist. The things that we currently feel, the things that we currently experience, the things that we currently are going through will no longer be there. And one day it will all be gone. And that's something that we have to look forward to. Something that we have to look forward to. And, and, and rest in and dwell in, in the Lord. And the first things that passed away, remember the new heaven and the new earth? The first things that passed away, they're gone, folks. They're gone. It's passed away. 
it's gone. Those things are where they no longer exist today. They no longer exist. They have passed away. And I want us to, and, I, and, and the reason why the Lord has just instructed me is that so often we dwell on the past. We dwell on our current circumstances. And we often lose and we and often we lose hope or we lose or sometimes we, we go into a place of despair or hopelessness. Rather than looking at a couple things, what God has done, what God is doing, but look at also what God will do so that we can have that hope, so we can have that restoration of our souls in right now. Because that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to see that He's got a plan, He's got a purpose in all of this. And one day, all these things that we're going through now, it's all going to come to an end. In the meantime, He's with us. In the meantime, He dwells with us. In the meantime, He gives us His grace, because His Word says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect, but in weakness. Pray that God will give us what we need now. God will bring us through right now. And God will help us now. God will give us joy and peace right now. Because there's going to come a day when all that's going to be, when everything, the difficulties will all be gone. And we can look forward to that, and that can bring hope to our heart, that can bring joy to our heart, that can bring a peace to our heart, saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Isn't there? And he who sits on the throne, listen to these words. He who sits on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. So what's he going to do? The old have passed away, but what's happening? What's coming? Behold, I do what? I make what? All things new. All things, folks. Both now and in the days to come. Sin has corrupted this world. Sin has corrupted this earth. Sin has corrupted the things in this earth, this creation, and all things in the earth. But that's going to be gone one day. He's going to create something new. And he is creating something new. Not just down the road, but even now. And then one day, that's going to, when all, when this all is gone and we're, up, and we're home and we're with the Lord, that's all, this is all going to be gone. I make all things new, not just some things, all things new. And I think that what we need to remember is, is that when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we need to remember that He said, as the scripture says, Behold, all things pass away, behold, all things become new. In other words, those things that were in our lives when we received Jesus, they're behind us. Not that they don't disappear, but they're behind us. And now we have Jesus within our hearts who gives us the grace, who gives us what we need now. 
and he makes things new now. And we need to have that hope now as well. And he's doing it now. But there's going to come a day where it's going to be all brand new. Everything is going to be all new. And we need to remember that. We need to have that in our hope. We need to have that in our hearts. And we can't, and sometimes I know this is hard, but we have to tune out the voice of the enemy. The voice of the world. The voice that says, no, this is all there is, and there's nothing more. We have to tune that voice out because it's a lie from where? From the pits of hell, isn't it? It's a lie from the pits of hell. And we can't perceive that because we have to trust the truth. Behold, I make all things what? New. We have to trust them for 2021, even though maybe on this earth things may not get better in the sense of um, where there's not going to be any more pain or suffering. But it's going to be where we have Jesus to walk us through all of that. All those difficulties and all the things that are there. Is the pandemic going to end in 2021? We don't know. Are racial tensions and racial difficulties and, and relationships going to end in 2021? It probably won't. I hope it would. I, I really hope it would. But it won't. But it may not. But if we have Jesus with us, if we have Jesus with us, will people suffering from difficulties end in 2021? Probably not. But if we have Jesus, He can make things new in our own lives. Not only now, but in the days to come. Well, let's finish up here. Then He said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It's done. In other words, it's already done. As God says, it is a done deal. It's done. I'm the Alpha and Omega. What does that mean? That's in the Greek. That means the beginning and what? The end. He is the completion. That's completion. God is completion. He is the beginning. He is the end. And He is the in-between. And it's finished. It's, it's going to happen. And we can guarantee that. He can guarantee that. God, we have to trust Him that what He says He will do and what He's doing, He's going to do well. He's going to do it uh, for the best for His people. And we have to trust Him with that, folks. We cannot listen to the lies of the world and we cannot listen to the lies of the enemy. We can't, folks. We have to turn those things out. We have to turn those things out. Just like sometimes we get a lot of static if we listen to the radio, we get some static. We've got to tune those things out so it's clear what God's saying. So it's clear what He's saying. Without any glitches. Sometimes we get glitches in our, in, in our, in, when we do Zoom or we do other things. Tune those things out. Fine-tune it so it's clear that what God is saying, is, it is true. It's going to happen. It is done, folks. If you remember three words today, what does he say? It is what? Done. That's it. Take it to the bank. 
He's the Alpha and the Omega. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. Trust in your God. He, has, he hasn't given you any reason not to trust Him. The beginning and the end, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. Spring of water, spring is what helps spring, gives life. Spring of water that brings life. In other words, you thirst, you want, you want more, God is going to give you the privilege of being able to drink from that spring of water, that spring of life, and drink from it. They can bring life to you. That's the privilege. That's the beginning and the end. You thirst, you thirst for the Lord, you thirst for the things of God. He's going to give you what? He's going to give you the privilege to be able to drink from where? From the spring of water. In other words, that brings refreshment, doesn't it? It brings life, doesn't it? It brings renewed hope, doesn't it? During the summertime, when you, we get, we, it gets really hot, and you drink a cool glass of water. How does that make you feel? Doesn't it? Or if you just had a workout, and you drink a nice cool, and you drink something cool from your, a beverage, a nice cool beverage, a nice cool uh, sip of water, what does it make you go? It makes, but how about drinking from the spring of water of life? How does it make you feel? Because it what? It refreshes you. You're thirsty. You're thirsty for what? Something more than only what God can fill, right? That God void in our lives. And, and you're looking, and sometimes we look for so many other things in our lives, don't we? To satisfy our thirst. Nothing will satisfy our thirst like drinking from the well, drinking from the spring of life. That is Jesus. Let's drink from that spring, bro. And it satisfies, doesn't it? Nothing satisfies like God does and what God gives. Everything else pales in comparison. We try to... We, we, you know, it's funny, and this is something that I think we need to be aware of. And I just, I just thought of this. The world tries everything else to find satisfaction. They try and find it in, um, in food, they try and find it in drugs, they try and find it in power, they try and find it in fame, in money, and um, having things. In, in, in relationships, um, thinking that those things will fulfill it, when ultimately it's what who will fulfill that thirst in us? Who can only fill it? And who can only give us the privilege of drinking from the spring of life? Jesus. Because He's the only one who can do what? Ultimately, He's the only one who can do what? Satisfy. It says, he who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Ultimately, it's what? It's the one who overcomes. It's the one who finally goes through and comes up, and is the one who is able to overcome. You, you, you fight, and you persevere. You have resilience. And you overcome. That's the one 
who's going to persevere. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up, folks. Don't give up. That's what Winston Churchill said when, um, when in World War II, when bombs were being dropped over them from the, from the Germans. He was known for his quotes. But that's one of the things he says. Don't give up. Don't never, never, never give up. That was his actual quote. We don't give up. We overcome, aren't we? We're overcomers, aren't we? We're going through struggles, aren't we? we but we have something to look forward to, don't we? Don't we? We do. Absolutely we do. And that's the hope that we need to keep in mind, folks. And sadly, there's, for those, the cowardly who don't believe, who don't, who don't seek the Lord, who don't follow the Lord, who seek other ways and other things, and who don't know God, theirs is not such a happy thing. If you read verse, if you read verse so let us dwell, let us seek the Lord with all of our heart. Let us persevere, let us drink from Him, let us be with Him in the new heaven and the new earth. Let us persevere and overcome, folks, because we have so much to look forward to. Uh, we have so much to look forward to now and in the days to come, folks. So much. We're fighters, folks. We're fighters. We don't give up. We don't. We overcome. And we're going to enjoy the blessings of overcoming, folks. We are. We are. We're His people. We love Him, don't we? We want Him, don't we? We do. So let's not, let's overcome, folks, with His power and His grace and experience the blessings that He has for us in the day, and now and in the days to come, folks. In spite of what's going on, in spite of all the difficulties, in spite of all the challenges, He's got a wonderful plan for us. Let's overcome, folks. Enjoy, enjoy the privileges that He has for us as His people, His bride, his, that He wants to adorn us with special and wonderful things now and in the days to come. Amen? Amen. Let's, um, if, we, let's, if we don't know the Lord, if we don't know Him, He's not in our hearts, we don't have that promise. But we can have that promise if we choose to receive Him as our personal Lord and Savior. Let's pray a simple prayer. Simple prayer of Jesus. Let's pray along with me. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've hurt you and I've hurt others. And God, I'm truly sorry for what I have done against you. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others, oh God. Please forgive me. Please show me mercy. Please show me your grace, oh God. Jesus, uh, I don't know how to lead my life. God, you come into control. You take control of my life and lead my life. Be my Lord, be my Master, be my Savior in my life. Come in me and dwell in me. Uh, and live in me, even right now. Please, Jesus, please come inside my heart to live forever and ever. And I thank you, Jesus. I love you. And for those of us who do know Him, 
that may be struggling, let's just pray. Father, I, I thank you that you've spoken to me this morning. I know that I've sinned against you and I've hurt you and I've hurt others, oh God. I do. And I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your mercy and your cleansing and your forgiveness. Please, oh God, please, oh God, please, oh God. Please cleanse me and wash me. As your word says, God, says, cleanse me and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Have your way in my heart here this morning. Help me to live for you. Help me to look forward to the precious promises that you have. For your promises are yea and amen. For you are coming soon, Jesus, and you are creating a new heaven and a new earth. There will be no more weeping and crying, Jesus. I receive that and accept that in my life, Jesus. Thank you. I love you, Jesus, and we love you. That's in Jesus' name. Let's pray the, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Father, I pray this is now for peace and for joy. But Father, with your hope, oh God, that's what you can do. Jesus. Christ.